right, everybody. Dave Donaldson here with Joe Martin, live once again of our second face-to-face. We'll be getting more and more face-to-face, but another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. Joe, how are you doing today? I couldn't be any... If I was any better, I'd be you, Dave. That, that's how, I, that's I really how well I'm doing I don't today. wish that on anybody, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay. All right, let me ask you a different question to kick this one off. So sure. um, uh, if you were on your deathbed and your last meal was, what would that be? Oh, that's deep. All right, so I'm, I'm going to give you one here. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Philly taco. What is a Philly taco? Are you ready for this? Right. So those of you who need heart medicine, it's going to hurt a little bit, okay? Oh, Lord. So there's a Philly cheesesteak wrapped in an extra large slice of pizza. Wow. That's got cholesterol and heart attack written all over at the same right? time. But I would expect nothing else from, from a guy from Philly. I get it. It's good stuff. <laughs> well, it's just better than me saying, hey, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, well, Joe. Uh, Joe, how are you doing? Uh, you know. We could get deep. We could get real. Uh, well, no, I think like what's cool about that is like, okay, first off, we had a pattern interrupt to start off the podcast. Like no one actually thought I'd be asking about what your deathbed <laughs> food was, right? But no, we actually have power today for what we're yes. talking about. And I think um, what I'm really excited about today is talking about empowering your team members. I think a lot of times you hear leadership, manager, boss, whatever you want to call it. And what ends up happening is – we talk about how do you become a good manager or a great manager. And I, that always kind of hit me um, in a way of don't you manage things and lead people? And I think for this topic is really good around people that are just getting into leadership or just getting into open a business and having people on board and really realizing that your goal with people is to lead and develop them. And that's actually through empowerment where you empower people, you lead them, you develop them so they can think when they need to think and they can make choices when they need to make choices because that's what you're trying to do to actually impact people and help. And you're really just managing systems and processes while you lead people. And I think that's the cool part about today's topic. I think there's a tremendous culture shift and a change in the dynamic of what has changed from leadership and expectation and leading people versus telling people. And look, you're a football player. I played football and a lot of different sports. And there is a generational gap difference to where we were and some of the things that we experienced growing up, right? To what we thought was leadership or being a boss, right? I think that's the thing. Being the boss, right? It was something we all aspired to be, whether it was uh, entrepreneurial or in a corporate environment, right? I came from, uh, my parents were in a corporate environment, so it was moving up the ladder that way. And all I ever heard was, my boss, my boss, my boss, my boss says this, my boss says that. Now in today's world, that's not, even in corporate America, being the boss, (laughs) there's a different way to be the boss. And we're not talking Bruce Springsteen here. Yeah, no, I think what's crazy about what you're talking about is, I think one part of leadership is just define reality. And I think what you're yeah. bringing up is defining the current reality within um, the workforce, employment, gig economy. Because what, what you had before was they tell you, go to school, get a good job, be stable, work there for 40 years, get a pension, you know, maybe get your gold Rolex after 50 years of being there. You'll get good in, uh, health the insurance. Gold smartwatch oh, now. Yeah, whatever the thing is now. But, but what happened was is that – but there was also this understanding that when you checked in a job, maybe it was eight to five or nine to five, whatever it may be, and it was just professional, right? Like it was just about the job and no one really talked about personal goals and future and what was going on in your home. And I think what we've gotten to right now as an economy, especially with COVID and gig economies and people want to be entrepreneurs in 1099s is that you have, it's harder, it's, it's, it's more challenging and more difficult to be a leader than any 
anywhere before because you cannot just isolate the job. You have to literally lead, manage, develop, coach, empower the entire person because if you don't actually engage with the challenges of home or the challenges of inflation or the challenges of whatever the person is going through, most the world that we live in now, it's embrace the fact that you've got to deal, not deal with, you You have to lead the whole person. That yeah. if something at home is going on like a death or medical problem or anything like that, you don't have the luxury as a leader to just shove that under the carpet and just deal with the work stuff. You have to embrace that whole thing because that's what the, the workforce is demanding out of leaders now. The workforce because of who's in the workforce now, right? Mm-hmm. That's that that's the generational change that was coming back. And I kind of think back to over the years, and I, I love the sports analogy with a lot of things, but you look at a lot of the successful coaches that were in sports mm-hmm. for the longest times, right? The Bobby Knights of the world or the Joe Paternos of the world. You couldn't have two different types of personalities, correct? right, in how they coach people. However, but there was that hierarchy and structure to just do what I'm telling you to do. And there's power in that. There, there is, is. There is power in just do what I'm telling you to do. Um Part of that, though, I think has to do that becomes powerful and efficient once you've laid the groundwork of a working relationship. Yeah. Right. And I think far too often um, in business school and what's been, you know, my parents or whatever told me is that it was like, look, I was your your employer. I cut your paycheck. You do what I tell you to do. And in some cases, there's efficiency for that. In other cases, it's that you haven't earned the right as the leader for me to trust you or to take your advice because we live in a world that's constantly questioning things and like saying, eh, what, what's the what's the benefit of that? What's your angle? How does that help me? And I think far too often our economy now, or not our economy, just the entire workforce is we fail as leaders to understand and convey the value of what I'm sharing with you. So for, because if as a great leader, I should be leading with, hey, Dave, this is what's in it for you. And if you can get to your goal, then my goals as the business are just a byproduct of it. I think that's where we're actually at with a workforce. Actually, I think it's a better way to live, quite yeah. frankly. Well, I'm not necessarily saying that that was the way it is, therefore there's a change, but change is good. Yeah. Right? And I think, that, you know, I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk who said, you know, it's as leaders, as business owners, especially in the smaller business acumen of entrepreneurs, that if I set an expectation for how the business – it's not fair, or is it even reasonable for me to expect that your passion should match mine about the business mm-hmm. from day one or at any day, right? Because no. I'm always going to say, this is how I'm excited about doing this, but you work with me or for me or as part of the business, mm-hmm. right? I can't fully expect that you're going to work as hard or be as passionate about the business as I am. Mm-hmm. But now I, I may have earned your trust. I may have gotten you to go be excited about what we're doing, mm-hmm. but unless I truly get your buy-in, you're always, and expectively should always be a little bit shy of that to a degree to want to be successful. But you're always going to be wondering what else is out there too, right? But So that's where that leadership and that relation, I think leadership and relationships start to really tie together. Yeah, it, it's totally on that relationship stuff. I mean, you can see it even within college football with people, you know, now that you've got the NCAA tra- uh, transfer portal and there's no... <laughs> Uh, you're sitting out like you see that like people are leaving programs not because of the program and the uh, legacy that that program has but it's because of the people right and I'm a firm believer that any company has a logo and color scheme but that company's um, strategic uh, competitive benefit or competitive advantage rather sorry not benefit is 
about the people they have, right? That like, hey, we all trade widgets or we're in a service-based industry, whatever it may be. Especially in real estate, it's a service, right? Like you're yep. trading somebody else's asset. You don't actually own the asset. You're just brokering the deal. So the only advantage you really have is the people, right? Technology is there. And pause. Anyone that goes out and says they've got a great <laughs> technology solution is lying to you because everything is broke. There's some level of brokenness to everything. So there is no one, one winner take all in technology, um, but there's advantages either side of it. But let's get down to it. It's a competitive advantage in real estate, especially in a brokerage or in sales, is going to be the person, right? It's the who, yeah. um, their relationships, their their wherewithal, their knowledge, their connections, all that kind of stuff. So if you know that it's the person that benefits, the that makes the company great, and then it really puts in perspective, like you've got to empower your people to be the best versions of themselves. And you have to be consistent in that message and you have to be consistent in your actions because I can sit here and tell you how great I'm going to be for you and all that kind of stuff. But unless I actually commit to your one-on-ones and what your personal goals are, what your professional goals are, and if I always lead with what's in it for you first, and then I can redirect that and say, okay, so if you want to be here, you want to be there, what's going to happen? What are you going to do to get there? And as the coach, all I'm doing is cleaning up the mirror and then providing a flashlight so that you can look in that mirror with the brightest light possible and say, what version of myself, Dave, Anna, am I today? And who do I need to become in order to get to that goal? And that's actually what I believe empowering leadership is doing, is saying that I can't force you to do anything. I can bring you to the water. I can't yeah. make you drink. But if you're in my world and you're in my environment, I can control as a leader the environment that you're in and the conversations that you're around. That's what I can do. And I think as most leaders don't think about that, they think they control these other things. No, I don't. I control those two things. But if I make those two things amazing, you're going to say, well, I could probably go somewhere else and make more money, but what's my work-life balance look like? Do, do, do I like my boss? Does he actually give a crap about me, right? I think those are the things that like right now, people value that more than the trinkets that they had before. You know, and then a lot of that, it's funny because you can spin off from relationship in a couple of different areas there, but I think that's where it does have to start. But it also starts, you know, you know, in our last episode, we were talking about hiring the right person, how you hire. You learn those things about people early on by asking questions. And I think you have to continuously ask questions and understand that day-to-day people mm. may have interviewed well but until you're in that 90-day process. Then you're, then you're really getting to know somebody and you establish that relationship. And from that relationship beckons trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And as a leader, the hardest thing I think for most people to do is say, hey, I've built this thing. Now I'm bringing Joe and bringing you along with me. We've got a relationship to the point that we recognize that, hey, being in the business together makes sense. But now I have to trust you and letting go for you to do what I've hired you to do or mm-hmm. to be in business with. Trust is hard. Yeah. It's hard to let that go. So how do we look at that and say, OK, I've, you've now... Do you have to earn trust or is trust given because I've hired you or you've decided to work with me? There's probably a lot to unpack there as far as a hornet's nest goes. Yeah. Um, yet I, I, I'm a firm believer that when you're dealing with people, you're going to have the ultimate highs and ultimate lows come from people. You're going to have mm-hmm. situations where your trust is burned and then there's going to be other times where your trust is, is just enlightened and brought to a whole other level because you trusted the person. And here's my thought. You're going to get burned in business. Yes. Right? Kind of like you're, if you're not, if you don't get sued in business, means you're not doing enough business, right? And <laughs> caveat, I'm not telling you to do anything illegal to get no. sued. But <laughs> my point is, is that when you look at people, 
if if you go into a world of realizing that you're going to have to succeed through people, you inevitably have to give blind trust as the employer until they until they fail, right? Until they until they they show you that you can't trust them, and then you get out of business with them. But if you have amazing talent all around you. What happens if you just immediately, I, I don't know about you, but on a personal level, I don't want to live in a world where I just have everybody around me and I'm like a paranoid schizophrenic about whether or not I can trust you and all that kind of, I don't, that's not a life I want to live. All right. If I get burned, so be it, right? That's going to be one out of 10 people. But I, I believe that when someone, when I sit down with you, Dave, and I say, hey, you know what? I trust you. I, I believe that you're going to make the best decision. Let's talk through what you're going to do. What's the outcomes? What's the actions? And generally... I trust that you're going to make a decision that would, if you were the owner of this business, you would do the same thing. So I'm going to trust you with that. Now, what I have to do as a leader to empower you is realize that Dave's going to go make the decision. He's going to deal with the repercussions of it. And if he fails, I have to be okay with that because if you come back to me and I curse you out because you failed, like you're never going to take the risk again. You're not going to actually trust me that I said, hey, it's okay to make a mistake because I need to foster an environment that's empowering, not detrimental. Yeah. And if you come back and know that, okay, all Joe's going to do is let's reflect on what worked, let's reflect on what didn't work, how do we not repeat the same mistake and let's keep it moving forward? Because more often than not, 95% of the decisions that your employer employees are making are not life-threatening. No. They're, they're not going to detriment the business. So, like, let them fail. They have to grow. Right, they have to grow into the the roles that you said that, that we need, this is what we need to do. And relationship continues to go, and trust kind of grows along in tandem with that. Right, so the trust will continue to. I and I kind of go back to the original question. I'll say, I think you've kind of said I trust you by hiring you. Yeah. Right. So that's there now. Do expectations, balls get dropped, all those things happen, and how you respond to it, mm-hmm. to, you know, lets them know, and it can even set them on a completely different trajectory, right? Because sometime during that first ninety day process, they may or may not have done something. More likely, may have done something not the way that you wanted it to get done. Yeah. And how you handle that situation, that first time. Sex the expectation from either, hey, that person's going to recognize early on, this is going to work or it's not. Yeah, and I, I think the topic for today, talking about empowering people, well, let's be, let's bring this back to like bare level. Sure. You hire somebody for, a, they've got a job description, they should have some type of key areas and key tasks, and they probably have something that goes around like, this is your day-to-day, this is your week-to-week, this is your month-to-month. Yeah. And so we're not talking about... If you hired someone to answer phones and you're struggling to get them to answer phone, let's be very clear. We're not, we're not talking about that situation. No. We're talking – if someone can't answer a phone and that's what you employed them to do, like you need to transition into the world of opportunity and find somebody <laughs> else. Um, but we're talking about, okay, they're out of like their probationary period. They're, 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 they're humming on like what you expected them to do their job. And now you're trying to take them to the next level. Like they, they've shown that they're a partner with you, that they're, they're ride or die, they're trustworthy – you're reliable, they're gritty, they're in it with you. And I think this is the point when you get to, um, when you have talented people around you, they don't want to be managed. And quite frankly, I don't want to manage anybody. Like, I want you to know that, hey, this is mission critical for your job. This is the bare entry of like getting in for admission. But now I'm talking about empowering people to make them the best version of themselves, but also um, to give them the skill sets so that if they were to leave my organization, they would be they would be hireable in a different position that would increase their income and their opportunities wherever they decided to go. And that's where I think empowerment comes from because me sitting down with you or anybody to talk about what does that look like? What do you think that should happen? If I go into a coaching conversation and asking questions about why would you want to do that? How does that impact you? What would that do? What would this do? Like that's what you want to get into. You want to get into a coaching consultative conversation with your top people because that's actually invigorating. 
right? In, in variating about like whether or not you showed up on time or you did hit like a sale, like the best conversations are like, okay, Dave, you didn't hit your sales number. What are you going to do about it? You're like, yeah, dude, I already know. Like I already beat myself up 10 times before we got into this meeting. So I don't need to talk about not hitting my sales number. Let's talk about why I believe I missed it, what I can do different and how I can move forward. And then from a, a coach consultant, once again, all I'm trying to do through empowering my people is saying, how do I get you the clearest mirror with the brightest flashlight so that you can figure out the questions that need to be asked to bring your business to the next level or whatever you want to do in your role so that you become the best version of yourself? And I think that's what empowerment for people is, is that how do I train you? How do I get you to think at the highest level so that at any given point in time when you're making a decision, you don't need me. I just happen to be a benefit because I make you, I help empower you to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. But inevitably, I just want to make you the best version of yourself so that you choose to be with me not because I have some type of overpowering like constraint on why you need to be. Well, I think when you look at managing and empowering, you know, either the, the yin and the yang, the versus of those things, and, you know, I think I look at it at this capacity and say, the management side of it is the the expectation. This is this is your day-to-day. This is the role mm-hmm. that you were grown, right? But then the empowerment is what you do above and beyond that, right? How do we take that and build the business? How do we take that and change your role and grow your role so mm-hmm. that, that management side, that aspect of the day-to-day of the J-O-B, right? You're now going, hey, I've now outgrown what I was hired to do. The business has grown along with me. So now I'm backfilling that with somebody else. So that management of that position has now changed. And I've been empowered to develop a new role. Yeah. And now I'm replacing myself. And the key behind that is not everybody wants that, right? Yeah. So also, but I think when you're thinking about leading people and managing systems and all that, you're going to have people that just need to, they're just going to, they're your rock solid people, right? I think about it when you're empowering people, there's two kinds of people. There's rock stars and then there's superstars. And the rock stars are the ones that have foundational consistency. They're there. They have to run the business. You don't have to worry about like, they, they're always going to do steady fast. Then you have your superstars that are ones that are going to be challenged. They want to have the next level, the next level, the next level. You need both of them in your operational world. But the cool part about both of those people is they understand their role and they're in business with you because they choose to be, not because they have to be. And I think that's the thing around being a leader is that you've got to create these ecosystems that are not this pedantic top-down approach, but rather, hey, I'm perfectly fine if you leave tomorrow or if you stay with me. I'd rather you stayed, but I know my environment is conducive to something that's going to make you the best version of yourself. And that's actually something that when people say, oh, I can't stand getting to work because I got to deal with all these people, it's because they don't have the right team around them and if you get everybody on the team to be in that partnership level they have maturity about what they got to do for their job and then you actually provide the environment to let them expand and do things that they're not normally in their job description that's actually where people grow and that's an environment when you talk about an ecosystem people leave like jobs or opportunities not because the boss is bad or the opportunity it has to do with well sometimes well sometimes yeah. (laughs) yeah they're sometimes like that um yet what they actually leave is they don't see how the version of themselves in the future can be achieved in the current situation. And they feel that their their opportunity has hit a threshold. So that's the whole idea behind empowerment is that if you're constantly asking them, what do they want? What do they want to do with it? How could they make it better? 
Now you've got a consultative approach that actually empowers people to create whatever they want, and then they never feel like they're hitting an upper level limit on what they could do. And then that's where you unlock true power because then you have, say you got 10 people that have this momentum going about like, we're just gonna keep building and building and I don't wanna leave this environment because look at all the opportunities I got. Look at all the power I've got here. Look at all the resources, all the great people. I don't wanna leave here because if I left here, I feel like I'd have to start the whole thing over somewhere else. And that's where momentum comes in from the business. And that's the true power of empowering your people is that people create amazing things. And I, th- I would everybody turning in today, Stop trying to be a manager of your people and start empowering them to be better versions of themselves because if they achieve that, your business is going to hit levels that you couldn't even couldn't even imagine. And you're right. And I, it's easy to say, right? And I think, you know, depending on how long you've been in business, you're right, that, that accepting of the new reality of where we are is there. I think the people are yarning for it more. Mm-hmm. Right, I think the days of the people that are there will always be people that are looking to be employed. I think we're seeing more and more of people that are yearning to to grow, to be poured into, and to help be a part of something and develop. And I think more and more people have to be open to that. So learning how to do that, mm-hmm. how to release that trust, how to let people be empowered. Yeah, that, no. that's a need. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with: Do you want control or do you want power? And I think power comes from allowing people to go grow whatever they want to grow because by the affiliation, you're going to grow too as the leader. Mm-hmm. Control has to do with it. I have to command everything. And there's two differences between power and control. And I think if you want true power, it's allowing people to go out and grow and make them the best version of themselves because then they're always going to go back and say, I never could have achieved it without Dave. Right? And that's actually what you're looking for in leadership. Um, that's just my thought. Now, you're right. And then there's always the challenge that if you give them, there's, how do I say this? Nobody's going to be with you forever. The, the, that percentage is, is on the small side. But you've allowed them to grow and build your business. And then maybe they go out and they build their own business. And I've seen people get really upset when people leave. Like I've seen, we, we talk about separation in business, right? Because I think we have to recognize that that happens too. Mm-hmm. There's a good way to go about it. There's a bad way to go about it. And then there's the destructive way of, of it happening. And I think you... Send a nuclear bomb back Yes, after. I mean, I don't understand it, but I see, I see how. And you're not always going to be able to solve it. And you're never, by the time it goes, you're probably never going to be able to stop it. But you can manage how it goes down. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just recognize that, hey, you know what, I help this person have an opportunity. They helped me build my business. And now that they have grown into a business owner themselves, that's the prideful factor going, hey, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? How do we separate? Versus I've given you so much, right? That's that controlling factor. Yeah. So I think to wrap up the pot, like this episode here, it has a lot to do with you manage systems and operations and then you lead people now there are some systems and operations that people have to like actually do there's some management around that the the real empowering part of how you keep people especially the people you want to keep yeah has to do with your questions and the consulting around what are their goals and what are they trying to achieve as a human because if you can figure out a way to tie the business success to their success they will be ride or die and they will do anything that the business needs because they actually see the correlation of the business succeeding is actually facilitating what they want in their personal life. And that's what I think the epitome of leadership is in the current environment that we're at, is get people to the life that they wanna have through the business and they'll never leave you.
Yeah. I mean, let's just drop Mike right there. <laughs> that, well, that's a power. No, it's a powerful statement. Yeah, it is. And I think we missed that. And I think also communication is half the battle. So how do we message that on a regular basis as a leader? That like, if you're not thinking about that and saying that to your people every day, especially with the amount of challenges that we have out there, you're doing yourself a disservice. And you're right on. And you don't even realize what people are willing to do with you if you don't provide them the opportunity. I'll kind of live one last example. I remember uh, I moved cross country from Virginia to Arizona. And I remember my wife at the time, she went in to give her two weeks notice. And it was the first time where an entrepreneur had given us and her predominantly an opportunity to say, she went in to resign and said, hey, I'm moving cross country. He said, well, don't step down, go build our business out there, mm-hmm. right? Because they, she had worked hard for them and they recognized talent in her and they trusted her, right? So you never know what can happen Correct. when you trust in somebody. Well, on that note, to wrap up our podcast yep. for Entrepreneur Impact, don't manage your people, lead them, empower them because you're going to make a huge difference in your business. So thanks, Dave, for the time today and Absolutely. tune in next week for our next podcast. We're actually going to be talking about how to run a successful event. Don't want to miss that one. Take care, everybody.